Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Football Night Podcast with me, your host Owen Dowling. Did anybody else watch Line of Duty on Sunday? Basically, if you didn't, they revealed that a journalist who's the victim of a murder they're investigating was working on starting a podcast to expose the deep-rooted corruption and ties to paedophile rings in the police force. My first thought, of course, was, who on earth would listen to that? Imagine. You've listened to any good podcasts recently, mate? Yeah, mate, just found this one about corrupt police who molest kids. Oh, 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 right, yeah, sounds, uh, sounds interesting. I personally prefer a lighter podcast, and if you do too, you're in the right place. This is the podcast where our guests join us to expose the deep-rooted connections and memories that bind us together through football, from our first games to our favourite players. I'd like to see them try and make an episode of Line of Duty out of that. I was in the park this week on Tuesday enjoying the little heat wave we've had here in England, minding my own business, sat on the bench reading, and this group of kids came up to me, all looking kind of shy and nervous, and one of them says, Sorry to bother you, sir. Are you Owen Dowling from the wildly popular Football and I podcast available on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts? And I said, Yes, it is I, Owen Dowling, from the wildly popular Football and I podcast available on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast." And this little lad at the front, so cute, he pulls out a pen and I'm thinking, wow, my first autograph, like how exciting, I didn't think I'd get to this point. And then he stabbed me in the leg with it and spat in my face and all the kids shouted, your podcast is shit, and then they ran off. So always nice to have some fan interaction in public. This week's guest is David Derrick. He's a great friend of mine from university and as always, if you don't know him now, then you'll get to know him by the time we're done. This was another episode that was just a great laugh to make, so I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. There's a few sound issues throughout, so thanks again to Dave for being patient and for putting up with them, and hopefully it doesn't impact your listening experience. We touch on everything from classic Sky Sports TV shows, the secrets of being a matchday mascot, and surprise surprise, VAR returns to Root's Ugly Head in this episode 8 of the Football Night Podcast. Enjoy. Ladies and gents, I'm joined today by a former Chess County champion, a fantasy football enthusiast, a great tennis player, a fantastic runner, a lifelong Stanton fan, and an all-round lovely bloke, David Derrick. Welcome to the podcast. How are you, mate? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm not too bad, mate. How have uh, how've you been? We've just been chatting a bit, but how have you been? How's your, how's your past 12 months in, in lockdown been? Well, I'm sure the same as everyone. Not great, mm. but being able to play tennis from yesterday, so... That's oh, is, helping. That, is that part of the uh, lifted restrictions? Yeah, it? it's part outside sport. So, nice. Nice. yeah, it's helped. You can see some friends now, which is quite nice as well. Mm. But I'm just praying. This has got to be the last lockdown, surely. It's got to be. Yeah, it'd be hope. I'm getting to, I mean, when I started doing this, it was in February. And I was asking people about like, how their lockdown's been. And even then, people were still trying to be like optimistic about it. And then now I'm asking people like how it's been. And everybody's just like dead. There's no no positive spin you can put on it. Everyone's just sick of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think everyone's in the same boat. How have you been keeping busy in lockdown? Working, um, watching TV and running, really. That's about it. What else you can do, really? Going yeah. to a bit of Love Island, Australia. So that's going to be good. Yeah, I've been missing Love Island, actually. That is one thing. When this yeah. gets to like this time of year, the world's going to be nicer. I do start to think about what's the uh, Australian one like? It wasn't bad, to be fair. It wasn't bad. The Casa more wasn't wasn't quite the same, though. Because mm. the, only the boys, the, the girls went out into the hideaway and they got stuck there on their own. And then the boys were in that main villa and the uh, the girls came in. But there weren't any new guys for the girls to tempt them. Not very so. fair, is it? Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. No equality. You, you're a bit of a um, reality TV show connoisseur, actually. Well, dabbling it, dabbling it. You're, one of the ones that I know you watch that I over lockdown and started watching is X on the Beach. 
it's oh, just yeah, I do love it. I oh my beige. god, it's like it's like rubbish, but the most like unbelievably beautiful piece of rubbish. It's just yeah, so great funny. to see. It's just filth, like, it's just, oh man. I would love to show that to somebody from, like, the 1940s, the 1950s. They'd be so disappointed of our generation now. (laughs) Think what we've become. Yeah. And what we complain about. Think they went through wars and, like, poverty and Mm -hmm. famine. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) someone calls us, like, a knobhead and we're crying about it for three weeks. Oh no. God, what a show. You've been watching anything else good? What did I watch? I watched The Serpent on BBC really? One that was really good any good would you recommend it to the, uh, the the listeners of this podcast I would check it out I think it was a little six part based on a true story oh yeah we like um, and it was about um, this jewel dealer in Thailand he would rob and he would like steal like their passports and identity and yeah kill them like tourists so right. vulnerable tourists and then he would use their identities and like fly around the world. And he was trying to, and he was escaping like all the um, obviously police because he was doing it in different countries. Bit of a light-hearted comedy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just for a light-hearted podcast, just to mention. <laughs> it's fun for the kids, that. Did you watch um, the Queen's Gambit? I heard they based it off your life. It was a chess prodigy with a drinking problem. Yeah, that sounds very right. No, I, I tell you what, I've never, I haven't actually it? watched it. I know everyone oh, said to watch it. Dave, it's good. I do need to watch it. It I got me interested that- in chess. I do love my chess. I didn't realise that their person had a drinking problem as well. <laughs> and drugs. And he was, it's, it's got intense. And drugs. And he was still yeah. good at chess. It's a woman, Dave. Oh, woman. Oh, sorry. I, I apologise. And she was still I good at chess. Yeah, she Even was not, well, Oh, she was high and drunk. That, Fair yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, she's um, just getting absolutely twisted and then playing chess. It's good, though. It's good. All right, I'll put it on um, the list. Yeah, check it out. We have an NHS hero, ladies and gentlemen, here. David Darrick has been doing the cold calling people, essentially, but for a good reason to get them to get their their vaccine pretty much yeah just ringing people who are eligible for the vaccination and just yeah finding out if they they want it or not or why they're not having it or if why they are having it um i'm trying to book appointments where possible but you do hear some weird reasons for why people don't get the vaccination yeah, like what, what sort of stuff do people say well you get the classic uh bill gates i can't believe he hasn't been done for genocide yet uh, <laughs> no way do you 5G. actually get people saying that yeah one person <laughs> completely was on it and um and you can't obviously you're you've got to be polite and professional so you've got to go yeah yeah oh i understand yeah i completely but really you're thinking just nuts what is this guy God. and then there was another one um and this woman must have been in her 60s and her husband had the vaccination before her and she was adamant that this vaccination had given him a limp oh my god and so they went to the doctors and she was like, well, it's given him a limp. And the doctor was like, well, no, it hasn't. There's nothing like, it's not correlated at all. And then, and she, yeah, that was it. She was like, I'm not having it because it's going to give me a limp. What, <laughs> what do you it's even crazy, say when it? she says that to you over the phone? <laughs> you, yeah, <laughs> you just got to go, okay. As much as you really want to go, you, you're a retard. <laughs> but you just got to go, okay. I understand. <laughs> Just try not to laugh. Yeah, it got, yeah it's so god. hard at times. But Oh, God. Can we do a, a, a practice run-through if you fake call me? Oh, let me get my script oh, up. Okay. All right. I want to do this. Just in case you're sat at home, ladies and gents, and you get a phone call from a mysterious man and you're wondering who it is, probably it's David Durrett. Probably. Through I do ring all over the country, to be fair. Do you actually? Yeah, no, it's all over. All over, all right. He's versatile. Put like a ring, a ring tone on it. Okay, ring, 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 ring. Oh, he's leaving it. Ring, 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 ring. 
Ring, ring. Yeah, hello. Good morning. No, hold on a second, David. lad. Hold on a second. No problem. No Barbara, problem. turn that fucking coronation street down right now. You actually don't realise how realistic that is. <laughs> There's a young lass, lassie on the phone. She's trying to speak to me about something, and I can't bloody hear it because you're watching. Got it. Sorry, lovely. Go on. No worries. Good Barbara, morning. Barbara, now I said turn that down right now. Sorry, lass. Go on. You ready? Is that all right? Is everything all right? Yeah, no, it's no worries, lad. No problem. Well, my name is David, and I'm calling from Hello, the David. NHS. His name's Immun- David, Barbara. <laughs> NHS Immunisation Management Blasting. Service. May Barbara, I speak to says, Dowling, Barbara says, sorry, David. Are you Charlene's David? No, no. He's not, love, he's not. Go on, David, sorry. No. I'm calling to discuss your COVID vaccination plans. Oh, yeah. Is now a good time to talk? Yeah, lovely, perfect. Brilliant. Well, just before we continue, I need to make you aware that all of our calls are recorded for training and quality purposes. For what? For training and quality purposes. Oh, yeah. Go on. And in order to maintain confidentiality, I just need you to confirm a couple of details, if you don't mind. Go on. Can you confirm your date of birth, please? Yeah. Yeah, your date of birth, please. Owen Dowling. No, your date of birth. When were you born? First, first of the first. 2010. You're a bit young, aren't you? And the first line of your address, please? First of the first, 2010. No, the first line of your address. So where do you live? Uh, 28, Curlew Wharf. Brilliant. And finally, your postcode, please. I said 28, Curlew Wharf. No, your postcode. It'll be a seven-digit number at the bottom. Sorry, love. Sorry, love. 077. One five nine four three seven zero nine. No, that's your phone number. Oh, sorry, love, no, your sorry, postcode, please. Your postcode. NG seven two G eight. Brilliant. Well, we're just call- we're just a courtesy call, and we're following up on the NHS communication. You should. Is this, have is this about that bloody Bill Gates? No, about the COVID vaccination. Oh, fuck off, Bill Gates. <laughs> you dealt with that yeah. very well, Dave. It's is- not quite as bad as that. Most of them, but. Is that sort of, do you actually get like shouting at their partners in the background and stuff? Sometimes. It's not as bad. You'd get that with the elderly, but not as bad now because we're working our way down the age groups. Yeah, they're getting a bit more acceptable now. But then you get the younger people, they think you're a scam. Oh, yeah. I think I might think it was a scam, like, because, I don't know, it's just a bit of a strange thing to be rang up about. Yeah. But... You've got a trustworthy voice, Dave. I believe no. I'd give but, you Yeah, I think if it details. was me, if someone rang me, I think I'd probably hang up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Other than that, in lockdown, I imagine you've been watching a lot of football. A lot of football, a lot of football. I'll tell you what's kept me sane the weekends. I don't know what I would have done. Mum was kept complaining. She was like, how do you watch so much football? And I was like, well, there's nothing else to do. Yeah. And I either have a bet on it or fantasy football on it. So mm. it makes even Newcastle, West Brom, it makes it very important. Makes game. it important. Well, I, I mentioned the fantasy football at the top. And I think I've been in maybe one or two fantasy leagues with you. And every single time you just come out on top. You are a fantasy football kind of enthusiast, aren't you? Oh, I love it. I do love it. It just makes games more interesting. As I just said, it just makes any game more interesting. Like Newcastle, you'll have Callum Wilson and you'll just be like dying for him to score. And I'm, I'll have a few bets on it with various friends. So it's added up to a couple hundred quid. So obviously, that, you know, that's a bit of an incentive. Yeah. Generally, I come up on top. Overall. If you've not got that incentive, then like we had it this year. I've been in a league this year with Liverpool, Tom and Aiden. And like it started off as it always does fantasy football, like you know, you're making an effort and then suddenly you just go on like a bad run of form and like you 
your players start playing crap and then it's like I'm not going to give up now and just stop you just have to yeah you're one of them you're one yeah, of them I've always been but when you've got an incentive it actually makes you want to play a bit more yeah like I remember we did one year like whoever come last they had to dye their hair blonde oh and yeah we did ben. didn't we yeah of course um, it was Ben brilliant yeah. <laughs> but that kept me playing because um, yeah. I knew I couldn't pull that look off yeah. who's been your um, your star player this year in fantasy who's been your underrated underrated hero that's a good question well, you always chop it and change it. I'm going to have to look at my team now. I actually can't. Do you have spreadsheets? Are the rumours true that you have spreadsheets? No, I don't have spreadsheets. Everyone, I think they, people just get jealous of my ability. So, Bamford, I'd say Bamford and Cresswell. Cresswell. Yeah, Bamford. Have you had Bamford in since the start? Virtually, I think, yeah. Because he's quite cheap and Leeds just make bucket full of chances. So. Yeah, that's true. What's your move then? How are you so, if you've not got spreadsheets, how are you so good at fantasy? It's not, I don't have spreadsheet and stats. It's just like thinking about who's playing, if they've got a nice run of fixtures, who's in yeah. form. And sometimes you just get a bit of a feeling, you know, you're looking, looking through the players and you see someone, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling He's it. He's the one. I mentioned at the start as well, big Southampton fan. And I'm excited to have you on because apart from Aiden, and even then he supports a team who's dominant in the league, he supports. The only person we've had on who supports a non-big six Premier League yeah. team. So I'm quite well, excited I actually to support the club I, you know, was where I was born. Exactly. Um, Not like some people from Bedfordshire who support Man United. Yeah. Who hasn't um, even been to Old Trafford. Yeah, well, he failed to mention that. We're going to expose him on this yeah. podcast. And the only game he's been to was about two years ago, which was when I took him to St. Mary's to watch Man U. Ben Bradley exposed. Exposed. Um, but like I said, I think it will give us a bit of a different perspective this episode, talking to somebody who's not just that same old five top four Champions League stuff team um, and the Saints have like really been through it over the past 15 years mm. you know went down as far as League One if I'm right um, yep. how do you think supporting uh, like a non-big six team differs from supporting one of those larger teams it's a bit of a big question but well especially for Saints and obviously as I was getting more into football as I was growing up like we were in League One and Championship for a couple of seasons mm. and I feel like it really make, it makes you appreciate the lower leagues um, and how much you want to actually stay in the Prem. Whereas obviously mm. Man U, Chelsea's, they are always used to the, you know, the, the elite of football. And yeah, it just makes you appreciate more. So like us getting into the top 10 or mm. would be just such a big deal. Or like we're in the semi-finals of the FA Cup and us fans are so excited yeah. because we're in the semi-finals. I mean, we haven't won a cup for 40 years. Yeah. Whereas Man you know, or Chelsea, Man City, they get in the Cup final or cup semi final was probably most years. Mm. Um, yeah, so just, things like you that. You take it for granted a bit, don't you? Really? Yeah. Right? Like you say, if Liverpool went on a cup run, it would be nice, but really, I'd be thinking, like, what about the league? Yeah. Um, well, especially Liverpool. Liverpool have like played their BC teams in yeah. recent years in the cups, whereas yeah. where, there's a lot of teams like us, which is why I think fans get so annoyed. Like teams like us, Newcastle, Palace. When we play B teams in the cup, we're like, well, what's, why, why are you doing that? It's a bit disrespectful, I think. And, and, and it takes away from the cup. And then when you see teams like Southampton doing well in the cup, and then people use the argument like, oh, well, it's just because they've played B and C teams. It kind of takes away from that as well. But anyway, I'm excited to have you on. Excited to get someone with some different opinions. Excited for you to slate some of Ben's opinions, as I know you've been. Of well, yeah. <laughs> it's the reason for coming on. Yeah. Um, should give us some great stuff to work with. Have you got some good answers ready? I hope so. I've, I've thought about them the last couple of days. That's what we need. A bit of prep. Um, should we go straight into it? Go straight into questions. Let's go for it, yeah? Oh, that was crazy.
crazy. I've never actually experienced that sort of atmosphere again before. It's absolutely electric, the passion. David Derrick, what is your first footballing memory? This was a tough one, um, but I have to say, it was probably when I was playing back in under sevens, a team called Bashley Blades, playing oh. in this like yellow and black kit. And it was always like, on a Sunday, we always used to play at this place called Wide Lane. There loads of pitches, like proper Sunday league, you know, kid stuff. And uh, there was this one game, I think it had been raining terribly the last two, three days. And it was dry on this Sunday. But the pitch, as you can imagine, as all grassroots, the pitch was an absolute mud bath. I mean, you know, pigs would have felt welcome like normal in it. And I just remember this game and obviously slide tackling, I was getting into it. And um, I always remember, my dad always tells me this story because obviously I've always been quite a big lad, you know, had a bit of podge on me back in the day when I was youngster. Didn't we all? Didn't we all? And um, dad always, he always laughs at this because there was apparently this kid came to try and tackle me. And he was like some small little skinny kid. And obviously, oh, yeah, I was quite big. And he bounced off me. He just absolutely <laughs> fell on the floor like a trampoline. <laughs> what position yeah, would you have been playing back then? Back then, deadly number nine. Nice. Big man up tops. Nice. You know, holding the ball up. Not bad left foot occasionally. But this game, it was just a mud bath. And I remember coming home and I was just covered in mud. There was probably more mud on me than anything else. And it just uh, those days, just used to love those days, the little tournaments and leagues and playing with your friends. Oh, it just used to be brilliant. Yeah. Uh, you can't beat them. Like you said, I remember those like tournaments you used to play in as kids, like where you just sit there like out in the blazing sun all day with like a Cadbury sun or something like that. Were you one of them kids like just always playing football when you were growing up, just non-stop? Yeah, proper loved it. Yeah, I got into football before. Tennis was a bit later. But yeah, football always. My dad's always been interested in it and I've always played football, always followed it. Yeah, I can imagine you just like, because you always have those kids like in no matter what age group who are just taller than the rest of the kids. But like, I can imagine just like seven-year-old David Derrick just storming around like five foot when everyone else is like still three foot. <laughs> just launching balls up to him like little Peter Crouch. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, yeah no. I, I, I think we've talked about this on quite a few episodes recently with guests talking about like how innocent football is when you're that age. Just like it's just so much fun. It's just a laugh. You just don't have a care in the world. Fun. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think I was fortunate in that, that our team was all right. It wasn't a bad team because yeah. I always felt so. There's always that one team in a league that are just shit. Mm-hmm. And every team would beat them like 8 0, 7 0, you know. And I felt. That must be demoralising. I yeah. know it's just there for the fun, but I don't know how as like you're the manager, you you would deal with that just every week. God, yeah. Trying to say to a seven year old, it doesn't matter. You've lost eight nil. <laughs> yeah, you've lost eight nil for the fourteenth time in a row. It's fine. <laughs> You'll get over it. Were you a good side then, your little team? Yeah, we weren't bad. I think we weren't like in the top league. I think we were in the like the, the championship level. I'm gonna call it. <laughs> We might have been in the League One and then we got promoted. So yeah. we weren't a bad little side. See, um, you know, see. we could give teams a game. Well, you mentioned that your dad, he's a big Saints fan as well. Like you said, do you remember kind of getting into football with him and kind of how that was? Or did it kind of just kind of come about naturally? Yeah, dad used to go to sit the Dell before it was St. Mary's. Mm. And um, well, actually, how I got into playing football is actually um, my mum was getting the carpet redone. Mm. And the, the guy, the carpenter that came in, they obviously were just chatting away. And he, he ran the the kind of under sevens team and obviously mum was like oh David's interested a bit in football and and then he was like oh why don't you come along um and that was it and that's how it all started so you got scouted by a carpenter yeah exactly and then he was my only manager I stuck with my whole footballing career yeah 
Oh, you're like uh, Harry Redknapp and N- Nico Crenshaw. <laughs> Jermaine Defoe. Yeah, Jermaine Defoe. Every time he moved club, he was getting the band back together. <laughs> yeah, get Derek back together. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet though. God, some random. Well, in, in another context, some random bloke coming around your house and then taking you to go play with him. Sounds a bit strange. But well, don't ruin in... it for me. Don't <laughs> yeah. ruin that nice memory. Oh, that is nice. So what age did you, because when I was a kid, I played football, but then I kind of stopped like 10, 11. Did you kind of keep going for a bit longer? So I played, must have been till maybe year nine, year 10. Um, and obviously, you know, education was getting a bit more, you know, serious. Yeah. And I was playing a lot of tennis at that point, And I kind of was just struggling to do the time for everything. And the football... I played for this local club to me and it was always kind of built to be a bit of fun. But then because we merged, it was like two teams and we merged to form one big team as we went up to 11 aside. And um, yeah, it was always set up to be a bit of fun. But then the other manager, he started taking it a bit too seriously and was like yeah. probably like shouting on the sideline. And it was getting just way too more serious than we thought. Mm-hmm. And me and a couple of friends were just, we weren't, we weren't the better players in the team to be fair. But we were just getting like five, ten minutes a game. And yeah. it was like, well, what's the point? Yeah. Especially um, when you're that age as well. You don't need that, do you? Yeah, like yeah. 12, 13. You just want to be playing football. And, yeah. you know, we were traveling like half an hour. And obviously, and then you got the warm up. And then mm. just, just sit on the bench for five yeah. minutes. You feel oh, I could be playing tennis or, you know, doing something else. So eventually I decided to play tennis and kind of quit football. Yeah. I spoke to my dad when he was on about that point. That I think every kind of young person who plays football has, where it's like suddenly it starts to get a bit serious and like people are shouting at you. There's like instructions and rules and stuff, and it's not just having a you know five aside, six aside, seven aside game. And then there's a lot of people. I think I said it, my dad said it, and it sounds like you're saying similar thing. Where it doesn't make you lose love for the game, but certainly playing it becomes a bit like it just becomes a bit intense, and you start to think what you're doing. And like you said, you're 12 years old. You want to just be running around on the pitch. You don't want to be sat on a bench. That's not what it's about. I think there's a lot of problems in like kids' football with that. Just like the coaching. There's just some people take it a bit too serious. Oh, I totally agree. Well, it's just, I think it's the same in a lot of junior sports. You get it in tennis yeah. as well. There's parents that are so pushy and just want their kids to do the best. And that, there's nothing wrong with that, but there's a way of doing it. My dad, mum and dad were always quite you know they would just go out and enjoy yourself you know if you win you win you lose you lose you it's part of life when you went to play tennis and decided like that was the sport you were going to go down was that hard to kind of leave football behind or did you always kind of know in the back of your mind that you could still just play five aside with your mates if you wanted to I think a bit of both I think I just obviously I was just sitting on the bench and I was just thinking I just could have tennis obviously it's just an individual sport so you're playing all the time and a few of my friends that I'd originally joined the team with had left. So kind of the main kind of my closer friends in the team had left as well. So it kind of just all kind of fitted in. It was just kind of time, really. But yeah, I, I, I do joke that I'd love to play just one 11 aside game now God, and just yeah. see how I'd get on. I mean, I don't think I'd do very well, but I just yeah. think it'd be well funny. I actually think I would as well. I've not played like, I've not played what you could consider a game of football in i'd say about two years but yeah just just to see how you get on yeah just if see if i can even fails, last 90 minutes yeah the fitness if all else fails just go like center half or left back or something and just put a few tackles in be all right yeah i'll just shout a lot i can do that <laughs> great shouter he's a world world shouter that david <laughs> excuse me do you remember your first dime i the first dime bar you ever had do you remember it 
what was the first match you went to? Well, the first, I actually can't remember. I had to call Dad because I was like, Dad, do you remember the first home game mm. I kind of went to? And he, he couldn't remember either. But I do remember one of the first away games I went to okay. was when Saints were in um, League One and we were playing Bristol Rovers away. And my mum's partner at the time supported Bristol Rovers. So we went, it was my dad's, Ross and me. It was a proper old, you know, League One, few thousand stadium. And the away fans were in two ends or kind of two sides of the corner. And one was in undercover and one was like open. And it started tipping it down, absolutely chucking it down. We luckily we were in the cover and everyone in under the cover just started singing, we're in the dry and over here. We're in the dry and over here. And obviously I was I'm fairly young at the time. So just found it so funny. And then probably five minutes later, all the Saints fans in the, uh, in the other side were like, we're in the wet and over it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just one we always remember. And it just, it's, it's the beauty of away days, isn't it? You just don't get chants. Mm-hmm. The chants aren't the same because the away end is just the proper hardcore fans. Yeah. I bet you had some cracking away days when you were kind of championship league one. Yeah, we did, did MK Dons as well. That was a nice. Some, M, MK Dons had a lovely stadium. Yeah, I think they're, they're all built, like a new club, aren't they? Like yeah, and I think they built it kind of in preference when we'd gone for was it the 2018 World Cup England went for or 2022? Yeah. They built it in preparation for that, and obviously we didn't get it. So <laughs> they've just got a massive stadium. <laughs> yeah, they had a massive stadium that they couldn't even fill because they had like a few thousand fans, not even yeah. that. There um, is something magic about going to. I think growing up, we went to Crew Alex quite a bit, and it's a small championship sort of size stadium. Obviously, it's it's impressive and it's amazing when you go to you know Anfield, St James's Park, Old Trafford, stadiums like that. But there's something like about when you go to those little League One, League Two stadiums. It's nice. It's just what football's. It's just like going to someone's back garden, really. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's quite nice. Tom was with Tom on last week, and he was talking about like going to Old Trafford and like. You step out and you see like big seventy thousand seater stadium, but when you go to like Crew Alex, it's just like you step out and it's just like a grass field in front of you, you know. But there's something nice about that. Yeah, exactly. And even like they just have the proper like advertisement boards and not the bloody electrical ones. Yeah, old school. Yeah, I just love it. I absolutely love it. You seem like you go to. You've been to a lot of Saints games. Yeah, I was a season ticket holder for a few seasons as well. Where were they in the league when you were a season ticket holder? When I was a season ticket holder, we were actually that was when um, it was kind of the Pochettino Cumin okay. uh, era. So yeah. we that was when we were kind of top eight side. Had the likes of Mane, Pele, Alderweireld, yeah. Lalana, Schneiderlin, Wanyama, Shaw. So you've really seen like Saints go from I guess when probably when you started following. Were they still Premier League or Championship? I think it might have been Championship. Yeah. And then we got relegated. You've gone from like the lowest one. lows that a fan could see of like League One. And then like European football. That's like a spectrum. Was there ever any point where you were like, I'm not sure I want to. It's an effort to follow a football team in League One. You know, like, I'm not sure I want to keep doing this. No, well, no, because I was when we were in League One. I was at that age where I was kind of just still like, enjoying it and just getting into it. Yeah. Obviously, it would, it would probably be harder now if we went to League One. Because it's, it's just the atmosphere just isn't the same. Because obviously that you know you get those people that oh they're in the prem let's go and watch them. Because um, I remember going to games and there'd be only be like a few thousand in there and it's like a thirty thousand stadium. Mm. Um, so you just completely kind of lose the atmosphere. Yeah, and like I said, it makes you appreciate it a bit more when you see them like flying. I mean, obviously they're not flying at the minute, but 
you know, last couple of seasons have been doing unbelievable. Yeah. Just the hot, the emotions, the highs and the lows, you get everything. Yeah. Whereas yeah. there's teams like City that just now, well, obviously they did have their lows, but now they're just all highs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's success after success after success. I'd, obviously, that'll be nice. I don't think yeah. either of us will be complaining. Oh, if, no, I'd love it. <laughs> if Saints were winning back-to-back Premier League. I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. So watch it. Drink it in. Dave, what is the football moment or the thing that means the most to you? Probably for me, the per- item that means most to me is where I've got a sign Saints top of the team because yeah, uh, I was fortunate enough to be mascot <gasps> when I was way. nine, ten years old. Uh, it was actually funny enough against Liverpool. We won, I think it was 05, we won 2-0. Okay. And it was the likes when we had, I think, Jamie, we had Harry Redknapp as manager, Jamie Redknapp, uh, Anthony Amy, Peter Anthony Crouch. Amy. <laughs> Matt Oakley, Brett Omrod, yeah. I want to say Chris Marsden, maybe. And yeah, Anthony Amy. Just every time I think of Anthony Amy, I just that talk spot guy, yeah, isn't it? Oh my it? god, he's finished. He's finished. No, he's not. He's 28. <laughs> that is one of the funniest football. Just gets me every time. Oh, so funny. Oh, that was awesome. Because I always I remember going to games as a kid and seeing the mascots and thinking, like, I'd fucking love to be a mascot. So did you get to walk out with the player? Yeah. Claus Lindic van. He was captain at the time. Oh, um, oh, you got the captain? Yeah, no, I was at the front. Oh, yeah, and bless, there was this another girl, and I think she she was she was like five or something. Mm. And obviously, you have that little kick around just before they just kick off. Yeah. And bless this girl, she she couldn't get the ball to save her life. <laughs> you honestly, you passed to her, and she just would go by her. But it was just amazing. And I felt so sorry for this the Liverpool mascot though, because obviously I was allowed to go into the players' room, and obviously you went round and. You know, you're shaking because you're sort of starstruck. Oh, you went into the dressing room? Yeah, you got oh. to go round. And they, only for like five, ten minutes. You obviously went yeah. round with your shirt or your autograph book yeah. and the players quickly signed it and you got a photo. But this Liverpool fan, obviously it must depend on the manager. Because this Liverpool mascot, he wasn't allowed in the, cha- the Liverpool changing room. Oh. So he, he was mascot, which is amazing. But he didn't, wasn't able to like get any autographs or photos. And I mean, Gerard, it was hippier. I think it was when you had like Javilon. It was your Champions League winning yeah, team. That would I think, have been virtually Rafa Benitez. That sounds like something Rafa Benitez would do. Not allow a child into the dressing room just in case the child like leaked the tactics. Yeah, and I just felt so because obviously he's come all this way and he's just he wasn't he even allowed to properly it. see him. Have you, have, that's class, Dave. Have, have you still got the signed all the signed stuff? Yeah, no, the shirt. Yeah, it's framed. Did you? So yeah, did no. you get to like stand in the tunnel and stuff as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I do remember walking out and it's just, it was just terrifying because obviously yeah. there's like 30,000 fans just cheering, going nuts. And I'm like eight years old yeah. looking around going, oh my God. I would have, I think I would have pissed myself. I'd have just went. <laughs> yeah, I've respect for holding it together. What was the change room like when you were in there? Yeah, I can't remember, to be honest. Um, you blanked yeah, out it was just... all the naked grown men. I don't think it was quite that early on. I think they were most of them were dressed. Oh but obviously everyone's kind of got their own pre-match rituals as people that were just, you know, kind of yeah. getting in the zone, listening to music. Yeah. There's other people yeah. just having a joke and a laugh. Yeah. Um, Do you remember any of them being like dead nice or any of them being like a bit standoffish? Or... Not particularly, no. Yeah. I think there, there were people that would just like sign it and be like, move on. Yeah. Yeah. And there were other people that were like, oh, do you want a photo? Oh, hi, you're right. You know, yeah. just it's, it's little things, isn't it? It's not yeah. I guess little when you're things. like, you're before like just about to go and play a massive match in front of like 30,000 people. I wouldn't want like an eight-year-old David Derrick running up to me begging for an autograph. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like yeah. Plus, down. I think I was that kid that bought like 
a, a book to sign, a T-shirt to sign, and a program to sign. Yeah. And wanted a photo. <laughs> I was like, sign this, sign this. Yeah, no, 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 fuck off. Just so you could flog it all later on eBay. Yeah, I made about 29 quid. <laughs> well worth it. Well worth it. You know what I played against Fulham? My dad saw the game! He saw me play, man! What is your favourite football piece of media? It's got to be... It's not the current one anymore. It's the Gillette Soccer Saturday. But oh. when it was Matt Letizier, Paul Merson, Phil Thompson and Charlie Nicholas. Yeah, you know. like the original lineup. Yeah, I remember I'd always watch it with my dad and, you know, I'd have my football or tennis, whatever, in the morning. I had to be in front of the TV at 11.59 to be ready for 12 when they showed that little one-minute montage of all the games before. And then I would sit there. That, this was I didn't have BT, so I couldn't. The time when it, the twelve thirty kickoff was always on BT, mm-hmm. and I would just sit there from about twelve till five, just monging out on the sofa, watching the football, watching Paul Merson one week saying Spurs are winning the league, to, they're getting relegated, <laughs> and it, it was just such it worked so well because you know Paul Merson was the heart on your sleeve kind of fan. Yeah. Then you had Matt Latiz was always quite level headed and realistic. Phil Thompson was just that guy that your team could be doing awful, but he's defending them. Yeah. You know, he's not saying a bad word about Liverpool. Mm. And then Charlie Nicholas was just that guy that was trying to be funny, but just yeah. wasn't. I love that bit with Char- is that famous clip of like Charlie Nicholas when I think he says somebody's offside. And then like Jeff says to him, like, you should go to Specsavers, Charlie. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, well, well, actually, uh, Jeff, you should. Um, you should go to uh, Specsavers because uh, 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 you know, your, your glasses aren't working <laughs> or something like that. It's just like not funny. It is awful. Yeah, <laughs> then it's like, hello, darkness, my friend. Yeah. It? It's brilliant. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I think a lot of people have that. Like, re- that'll probably resonate with quite a few people because certainly like when that was massive and, and it was that lineup, the games weren't on as much. Like I think now yeah. the games are on all the time. You've got BT, they're on Amazon, they're on Sky. You've got constantly games are on they're almost on all the time even bt bbc sorry now i've got games yeah but like back in the day there'd be very few games on there'd be it was like, literally kind of super sunday and maybe yeah. like a saturday night that'll be it and um, yeah that monday night football only only kind of came back early 2010s um yeah exactly yeah that's yeah, true so actually. you had to be watching and it was either that or match of the day that's how you'd well, yeah you'd see the scores on soccer saturday and then you'd watch the goals on match of the day there was no like, even now when Liverpool are playing, I can't watch it. I'll go on Twitter or Reddit and I can see the goal within 30 seconds. I can see the highlights within 30 seconds. But yeah, back, back then said, you couldn't. Yeah, Soccer Saturday was just like, and the drama as well, because like we said, there was no Twitter. So you weren't, you couldn't, like sometimes Twitter spoils to get the game before you've seen it. But like with Soccer yeah. Saturday, it was like, oh, you'd listen out for, and you'd be like, oh, I know Phil Thompson's watching Liverpool games. If you hear him go, if you hear him scream, you know it's a Liverpool goal. But it could be like the opposition as well. Yeah, and then you had like Chris Kamara and obviously Jeff Stelling was just brilliant with all of them. And you watch like the funnies like all the months mm. when they're, they're trying to talk, you're trying to talk to Cammy and Cammy's just like not even <laughs> listening because he's just watching the game. Yeah. Obviously, there's the classic Cammy moments as well. <laughs> with the red card. Just, yeah. You didn't see it. I didn't realise. I thought it'd be a substitute. Just iconic. Yeah, it kind of came across like it was really unprofessional. Like they just got sick blokes, sent some of them out to the games, got some of them to watch the football, 
and that was it. Like that was the, the basic premise for the show. Yeah. Um, you've seen since then, like BT have got their own version of it. But that was like the original. You even see it on like YouTube, people do like reaction to football games while yeah. And it was that the original version. Um, no. No, but it, it annoys me now though, because obviously they got rid of Letizia, Thompson, yeah, and Nicholas. And I get obviously maybe they wanted to spice it up, you know, bring in some new your kind of youngsters, change up. But no, they so they replace three fifty-year-old men for Ali McCoist, Chris Boyd, and Tim Sherwood. So like three forty-year-old men, <laughs> yeah. and then they chuck in Sue Smith on commentary, and they chuck in Clinton Morrison, yeah. and oh, you just it just annoys me, really, because they were so good together. They've kind of replaced them with the same people, really. Yeah. If you ever watch the, um, I think I've once or twice watched the BT version and i've watched the amazon version as well actually and it's just like because like you say part of the enjoyment of watching it wasn't just that they were reacting to football it was that like you knew who was the funny one who was the stupid one who was going to say what like it was almost like a tv show in a sense like a sitcom yeah like you knew what the characters were they were playing characters almost but then now it's different people it, like you said it's kind of lost a bit of that charm and then it's just and... blokes and women reacting to football and that's not really that enjoyable no and they're just <laughs> You know, obviously, Letizia, like Southampton legend, Merson was big name, Thompson, big name for Liverpool. You know, Clinton Morrison, yeah. really? Tim not Sherwood? Quite. Not quite. It's just, it's not, doesn't have quite, I don't know about me, whether it's because I don't support their teams, but, yeah, I don't, you think... know, I don't quite have the respect for them as I do for like Phil Thompson, Paul Merson, Letizia. Yeah, yeah. That was like the golden era of like Sky TV shows with like, Premier League years. Yes. Like, Great shout. Watching Soccer Saturday. Premier League years. Do you remember, um, I can't remember what it was called, like Soccer Masters or something, where they'd have like the old... Legends. The old guys doing it like yeah. five a side. Yeah, unbelievable. television that is. It's brilliant. Yeah, oh, that was yeah. like a golden era of Sky. Football. Even though it was never really the big names, it was just the kind of... <laughs> yeah. And it was a few big teams, and then there was like just some really random team like Coventry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Were... Yeah, I think it was just whoever needed the paycheck, really. Would come on. He wins. You look emotional, mate. I'm with you, I'm with you. Go on, let it out. He wins that ball so much. Dave, have you ever cried at football? And if not, have you ever got close? No, I can't say I've cried. Probably been close. The cup final against United a few years ago. Oh, of course. Did you, were you there at Wembley? I was there, yeah. It was just the highs and obviously went 2-0 down. And you're thinking, oh, God, here we go. Just don't let it be 4-5. And then we get it back to 2-0. And then Romeo hits the bar at 2-0. And I'll, I'm thinking, this is it. This is going to be one of these great FA Cup comebacks. Mm -hmm. And obviously, in the back of my mind, I know Ben's a big Man U fan. So I'm thinking I can hold over this over <laughs> him for the rest of his life. And then, obviously, Ibra scores that last minute. Mm -hmm. goal and you think if we and against Yoshida it was even worse because you know we should, Van Dyke was injured he would have you know had had Ibra in his pocket Gabbiadini was like a foot on side and that goal got ruled out oh, yeah. but yeah I wasn't saying I was going to cry it was just sheer disappointment and yeah. just just gutted yeah um, that thing of going to Wembley getting there the excitement but that was cup final wasn't it yeah Carlin Cup yeah and like all that build up, it's it's the beauty and kind of the, the sadness of cup football. All that build up, the big travel, just for that one game, and then to get all that way to the final and lose is just like oh, it's soul sucking. It's devastating. That yeah, the other one was uh, I was there as well. Was when we lost the first time nine 0 to Leicester. Were you there for that? Yeah, I was there. It was on a Friday night. 
and the tickets were like half price they were like 15 quid so he's like yeah come on boys let's all go let's all go and we were like yeah go on this Leicester you know it'd be a good game Friday night a few beers after and then you know get there we're like the man had fallen at five nil down at half time it's pissing down with rain we're not undercover <laughs> and my friend he was like if Perez scores a hat trick I'm going to buy a Leicester shirt with his name on the back and obviously he scored a hat trick so I've got a video it? there's just him in the Saints stand trying, on the Leicester website trying to order a Leicester shirt <laughs> when, when when your team loses like that what is the first thought is it can you just try and like laugh it off yeah it was just just, just everything just frustration anger because it's just some the time some of the goals were just so weak you just yeah. think you just gave up you just don't care yeah. and at that point we were in a relegation battle anyway and you're thinking yeah. you're thinking the worst all your friends are just going to text you as well yeah. Yeah. i'm thinking getting people i haven't spoken to in ages just piping up <laughs> oh you see the score yeah of course it did thanks yeah it was one of them i remember when it happened i was driving one of the girls i used to live with to work and she has no interest in football whatsoever and even she was mentioning it to me it was one of those things that like it just sounds so ridiculous that even people who have no idea about anything about football were like what the fuck um, and the closest i've got to it is liverpool losing 72 to villa and like you say it's that thing of you're kind of frustrated angry a bit upset but most of all it's just like i can't be bothered with all my friends ripping me for this you know it's, i know God. And then to happen twice, Dave. <laughs> Luckily, you weren't at that one, though. Yeah, I wasn't at that one, thank God. We'll, we'll look forward to the 9 0 next season. Yeah, sure. maybe we'll win 9 0. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. That'll be a twist. That'll be the ultimate twist. It says a lot that we've lost 9 0 twice with Hassan Hill. Yeah, everyone still loves him. I feel like everyone just feels it's just more angry at a bit of the club that we just we just don't have any investment what, whatsoever. With Saints being such like a selling team over the past couple of years, is that difficult where like you start to think, oh, this is my new favourite Saints player and then they get sold? Or you, you just kind of see players come and go. That must be tough. It is tough. I, I do get it though. Like when Van, when you guys offered Van Dyke for 75 million, we can't say no to that. Yeah, true. That is a ridiculous amount of money. But it's when we let players go for like 10 million. Like Wanyama went for 10 million. He was so much better than that. But yeah, if the money's right, I do get it because we just you just can't say no to that. Mom, you're always trying to give me potatoes. What is it with you? I just think they're neat. Who is your favourite player of all time? So your personal choice, not who you think is the best. Well, I kind of got two. One is Pete Crouch. He played for Saints. I just think he's such a character. I've, I've always had a little soft spot for a big man up tops and I, I just I love him and I think he's brilliant and obviously now he, you see him on kind of social media and he's got his podcast and he's yeah, just, he just he just seems like such a funny and genuine guy and I always remember the story I don't know why but it was during the London riots and I think he was at Spurs at the time and this hairdresser this barber's got completely destroyed and one of the only things left like, on the floor was this uh signed picture of Peter Crouch and Peter Crouch heard about this and then he actually went and got his hair cut at that barber's. <laughs> and it's just such a, it's such a little story, but yeah. I just love it. And I think yeah. that just shows a lot about him. Yeah, no, he always comes um, across as like one of those like sound footballers. Sometimes you hear stories about footballers and like they just don't seem like the sort of people you'd want to meet, um, which is fair enough. They're being paid millions of pounds. Yeah. I'd probably be a dickhead as well. But yeah, he always <laughs> seems like dead down to earth and like just like... Yeah. Like he's probably not changed since he was a kid, and he was yeah, a good yeah. player as well. I he think he's a got great the player, most headed goals in Premier League history. So yeah, great player for Liverpool as well. So yeah, yeah. got a lot of time for Peter Crouch. And the other one is Wayne Rooney. 
just, really? just okay. grown up England. He was just an incredible player. And I, I feel like he's not underappreciated, but well, he is, I think he is a bit underappreciated. Everyone talks about like Gerard and Lampard and Skulls. And I never really think, well, where's Rooney? I know Rooney was more of a striker, but I always hear Gerard Lampard's name more than like Rooney. And Rooney was just so good. Was he top England scorer, top Man United scorer? And I there's not many players that could play. Nine. He played nine, he played 10. And even at the end of the career, he was playing in CDM. Yeah, he was playing everywhere. And, and he was just pinging ball, like that famous goal where he pings it to Van Persie. Yeah, unbelievable. It's just incredible. Um, yeah, he's maybe not underrated, like you said, but definitely underappreciated because there's no flair to Wayne Rooney, really, at all. Um, he's kind of got the the mindset and the versatility of like a central midfielder. He's a bit, a bit aggressive at times and people don't really get excited by that. And, and all the great United teams he played for, there was always Ronaldo. There was always other great players as well with him. And I think because of that, yeah, he just lacked that bit of flair and people don't appreciate that. But obviously, if you look at the stats and what he's done and achieved, yeah, they speak for themselves. Yeah, he's a great player. So you're looking a bit like Rudy nowadays, actually. With the, with the short hair. Uh, yeah, I am, hair. actually, yeah. What about um, any Saints players over the years that you got a soft spot for? Obviously, Crouch. Obviously, Crouchy. Probably Ricky Lambert as well. Oh, yeah. We got him for like a million pounds. He took us all the way up from League One to the Prem. What I mean, one million, what an absolute bargain he was. He just sums up like, if you think of like iconic championship strikers, Ricky Lambert, it's like Ricky Lambert and Grant Holt. Yeah. Yeah, Ricky Lambert was not a bad player at all. Yeah, no, he got, I think he got 15 plus goals. I want to say maybe one, two seasons. He played for the England. Did he get? Yeah, he scored. I think he got, he scored in his uh, debut. There you go. I mean, that might have been his only appearance, but... He's <laughs> one of them. Like uh, Francis Jeffers or Jimmy Bullard or someone like that. One England cap and then he's done. Yeah, but um, you take it. I'll take, I'll take one England cap if I could get it. Definitely. It's a joke. We've gone about VAR this, VAR that. Help the officials out. Clearly they need help. Dave, what is your biggest football gripe? So the thing that annoys you the most about football currently? Well, again, I kind of got two. And one was very recent. It kind of came to my mind today. Um, and I'll start with that one. It was uh, teams that are changing their badges. So Inter Milan have oh, recently yeah. changed their badge. It looks awful. And it looked, I hate, I think it looks shite. And I don't get why it's such an, Inter Milan, that badge is such like an iconic mm-hmm. badge. They're a, such an old club, their history, and they're changing it to this modern, 10-year-old could have created that in an hour and a half. And Juve did it. Again, that iconic one. You think the iconic teams are like Nedved, Del Piero, David Trezeguet, Buffon. Now they've got this J. And then the worst one was the Leeds one that they did. And then that crappy one that looked like a The Leeds one one was awful. I thought that was a joke for a long time. Yeah. And then obviously all the fans were like, that is the worst thing we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, why are they changing? Why do they? I don't get what the benefit is (laughs) of trying to modernize a badge. um, I'd say it's. Uh, if I had to make up a word for it, I'd call it the Nikeification of it, where there obviously a lot of that money with branding and, and ownership over that comes from kit deals and kit sponsorships and clothing. You've got your Nikes or Adidas as Pumas, whatever. And there's probably a lot in it for them selling kits wise. And I think the money, it's money talks in football, really. And I think that's yeah. probably a lot of it. Selling it to like overseas markets, selling does it to. Does the badge really make that much? Would you, if they change their badge, would you go, oh, I'm not going to buy that now, or I'm going to buy that now? I wouldn't, but you'd be surprised at people who was. You see it a lot in the MLS, 
where, and I think in American sports, it's a really big thing about branding. And you, you, when you see teams relocate and like rebrand, you, you don't get that in UK and European sports. And I wonder, is it a bit of that maybe coming over, trying to reach that market a bit? That's like true. I hadn't thought badge. of that. Yeah, in America they do. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. That Inter Milan one is so stupid. And you, like you said, you lose that history of like what it represents and the players it represents. It's, uh, yeah, it looks awful. I mean, if you're going to change the badge, at least put some effort into it. Yeah. yeah. And just like you, they just put a J and then a line next to it. <laughs> I could have created that. Yeah, it's like somebody like won a contest, like as a joke. You know? Yeah. I like that. That annoys me too. What's your next one? And the other one, well, obviously, the obvious one is VAR, but mm. it's not specifically about VAR. It's the fact that it's obviously now it's always talked about it. And yeah. this is going to sound quite odd, but obviously when we lost 9-0 to Man United everyone was talking about that Martial penalty Bednarek red card mm-hmm. and it was like we Man United have just beaten us 9-0 and everyone's talking about that yeah. uh, which would happen to like 6-7-0 mm-hmm. when the game was already over it was gone they should be talking about how Saints just lost 9-0 <laughs> and Man United just won just absolutely tore us apart yeah. but they're all talking about whether Bednarek touched him on like the knee mm-hmm. by like a centimeter. I think everyone's just getting frustrated with it. I just think it's just not what we should be talking about. No, hundred percent. I think football fans, anybody who's been to football fan a football game will know that all football fans want to do is look for something to complain about. Nottingham Forest. I'm not sure it's because the level wasn't as high as Premier League games, but that's the worst I've ever been to. People complaining about nonsense. People complaining about players taking two extra steps when they're doing the throwing. But football fans just love complaining about stuff. And VAR is the perfect thing to complain about because everybody knows it's broken. You don't have to be a football genius to know it's it's broken. But it's like every like I said, everybody knows. You don't need to be banging on about it every, unless it's like a really horrendous decision that dramatically impacts the result of a game. At the end of the day, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, it doesn't affect mm. a game that much. Um, like you said in that in that case with Southampton, and yeah, football fans just want something to talk about, and VAR is a very easy scapegoat to just slag off in it yeah not an unpopular complaint there Dan. a lot of people can be agreeing with you there et phone home et phone home well we've reached the summit dave the final question i'm not sure if you noticed today the weather was particularly warm beautiful weather same up here lovely now a lot of people don't know why this is the reason this actually is is because a giant alien spaceship is on the edge of the Earth and the heat that's coming from the bottom of the spaceship is actually warming the Earth up. So that's why. Basically, these aliens who, who are heating the Earth currently have sent a message down to us that say they will continue to heat the Earth until it explodes unless a world footballing 11 led by David Darrick of footballers dead or alive can defeat our alien footballing 11. All they need is a formation of 11 players they don't even have to be professional players. They can be made up. They don't even have to be real. They can be fictional. All they need is those 11 players to beat their 11 players. Are you ready for the challenge, Dave? Yeah, I can give it a go. Give it a go. Hit me. Tactical yeah, I've got break. it. Right, all right. So my, my th- thinking behind this was they're going to be up in, in the spaceship, you know, on an internet browser, Earth football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously they're going to... The, the thing that's going to pop up is, you know, the beautiful game, you know, the Pep Guardiola, the pass and move, the fancy stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go, they're not going to expect the the brute force, you know, shithouse, height, aggression, 11. That's, you know, route one it. So I've gone for height and 
you know, strength, bit of bullying, bullying 11. So straight up in goal, I've gone Pantillamon, six foot eight. Oh God, yeah, Pantillamon. You know, any corners coming in, he's getting them. So he, I've gone him. Not the not the strongest keeper, but I remember watching him no. play. You'd always think like he could cover the whole goal, but if you put it in the corner. You no. Know? Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a brute. Who's next? We're going five three two, and you're gonna. You, there's a reason for it. First up, we're going Vidic. You know, I think he's six two, six three. He's gonna chuck everything on the line. I think there's that that picture where he chucks his head. Yeah. He's on the floor and he just like salmons over to try yeah. and block the ball. That's what I want. That's the kind cool. of dedication I want against these aliens. Then I've gone Vestergaard, who's like six foot seven. Another beast, and not a bad centre half. He's actually not bad. You know, he, he can do some footwork. He's got some footwork mm. as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But again, aerial threat, box, you know. Dominating. Dominating. And then to add some pe- more pace to the, that back three, I've gone Mertesacker. Oh, yes. Big height, again, big presence. Huge you know, pace. Good man manager. Yeah. Yeah. He'd organise the boys, wouldn't he? Yeah. So. We haven't got a lot of pace there, but I'm just relying that the aliens don't have pace. But we don't know. They could. They could, but there's three of them at the back. They'll be all right. Left wing back. I've gone Dan Byrne. Dan Byrne. Right yeah. Six foot seven. You know what? He's actually had a decent turn at left back, hasn't he? I mean... He's, he's not awful. He, I think he got an assist against Liverpool. Playing. And I remember when I saw them, he was playing, I thought, fucking hell, Dan Byrne, left back. Fucking Salad Mane have at him now. And he got yeah. an assist. He's not bad. He's not he's bad. Gone. I mean, he did sure. get ruined by Triore, I think, yeah. against Wolves yeah, one I game. That, and I think yeah. he got subbed off at 60. Because <laughs> he was just, he was crying, basically. He was crying. It's like uh, Sunday League, you know, like put your worst player left back. Yeah, pretty much. Right wing back. Well, he's not the tallest, but it's James Ward-Prowse. But we've got him in for set plays. Because, you know, so, yeah. you can have all the height you want. But if you've got no one that can whip it in, what's the point? Like so, you know, corners, free kicks... With men, I've got about seven players who can head a ball here, so Sorry. he's going to find one of them. Then we go three midfields. Similarly to War Prowsey, he's not the tallest, but he helps with the route one. It's the Stoke legend, Rory Delap. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah, oh, so, finally somebody's included him. I was hoping to see a bit of Rory Delap in somebody's team. Prowsey's covering the corners and throwing, uh, corners and the free kicks. Delap's got the throw-ins. You know, we're sorted. We've covered all bases. They're then. in trouble here. Exactly. You know, they're seeing this. They're seeing it, and they're thinking, "I don't want. I just don't want to be defending against these guys." Probably never heard of Roy Delap, to be honest. So they're they're nervous. Yeah, they haven't thought. They haven't even thought, comprehended that tactic. They haven't, they haven't thought about it. Then uh, I've gone Roy Keane, just because a bit like Village. You know, he's fairly tall, but he's gonna take no shit. He's, he's going to get in their face. He's going to cut them up. He's not afraid to put in a strong t- challenge. He's becoming one of the most picked players, I think, because I think a lot of people have kind of gone down this route. If you need, you need a couple of brutal bastards, but yeah. you also need some great skill. And Roy Keane is the man you want Keane. for that. You know, who's next? Then to finish off the midfield. We've gone Fellaini, oh. but we're not talking the man. You know, we're not talking the Man United Fellaini. We're talking Everton, the Everton Fellaini when he oh, under David Moyes. You know, he would just throw his body anything. Yeah. Well, he, he was, was it was actually great. Be like, he was good. Was like a, almost like a second striker, like attacking yeah. fielder. Yeah, unbelievable. Goal it's a bit like Suchek is now. Yeah, very good. In point. a way, presence in the air, but yeah. wasn't bad. And a great trim as well. Great trim. Yeah, great trim. Iconic. Yeah. Really. And then, not surprisingly, Crouchy's up there. Yeah. Well, you've got to have him in if he's one of your favourite players. Also. Crouchy, great in the air yeah. as well. Great with the ball at his feet. Peter Crouch yeah. people forget yeah he's got, got a bit about him 
that volley against Man City. Stunner. Yeah. Stunner. Then the other one, I was having a debate actually with a couple of friends about Carroll versus Calvert-Lewin. But and a prime Andy Carroll at Newcastle, I think is better than Calvert-Lewin. Yeah. Because he was... That that one season he had before he went to Liverpool, it was unbelievable. He was a bully. I remember that goal against Arsenal. He he absolutely clattered, I think, the centre-back. Absolutely clattered him to get onto the end of that. And I think... No, they, no, no one wants to face a prime Andy Carroll when he's fit. He was just terrifying. Yeah, he's probably like the last of like a dying breed, I think, of that. Yeah, a proper... English yeah. striker. Yeah, get to the byline, cross yeah. it in, and I'll be there. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So the tactic here is just get those set pieces, really. Yeah, we're playing for free kicks. We're like playing it. for throw-ins. <laughs> free kicks. Yardage, get up, get get into their half, and then yeah. we'll ping it in the box. Yeah, yeah, you play that American football, just all about the yardage, all about the yeah. positioning. Yeah, um, they'll get frustrated. They'll start yeah. giving away more fouls. I like that. Just admission of you're not going to pretend like you're trying to play football. Just fucking no. straight in it. Strong. I'm trying to think. Wait, let's, I'm going to be honest. You're not keeping a clean sheet there. Not if there's pace. I think the, we're in trouble. Yeah, if there's this, pace. I'm going to have to give them a bit of pace. So I imagine you'd go up quite early. Roy your lap throw in. Yeah, just go straight in, one nil up. But then the aliens peg you back. But then you hold off, hold off. Last minute, corner kick. Pantelimon goes up. James Ward-Prowse whips it in. Pantelimon flicks it on. Two one, game over. Saves Sam the. Sam on the sidelines, going nuts with his great How does it feel, Dave? You've saved the two uh, one victory. Couldn't be proud of my boys. They all deserve it. You picked a great side there. Very similar to that kind of way Ben's gone about it. I like it. Well, Dave. You've saved the earth. You finished the questions. Have you enjoyed it? I think oh, I've it's loved been it. a pleasure. I've very much enjoyed it. Well, Thank you very much some... for having me on. Oh, mate, it's been, been my pleasure. You've had some great, different, unique opinions, different takes. We've got some behind the scenes of being a mascot. It's been lovely. Any fantasy football tips for this week coming up? Got to wait. Got to wait until the end of the international period. You know, got to wait for injuries. You know, I'm thinking of taking stones out, though. I feel like City Ooh. is just going to over-rotate now with the Champions so? League. Yeah, good point. Yeah, that's the top tip, guys. David Derrick, fantasy football champion, is saying, "Take stones out." Take stones out. He's Write that one run. down. <laughs> Write that one down, ladies and gents. Well, this has been episode eight of the Football Night podcast. I've been Owen Dowling. He's been David Derrick. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you've enjoyed. And good night. You're still here. It's over. Go home. Go.